the rivalry is back on. One percent better every day, and one and zero. The set is the quarterback lined up behind center, takes a snap, going for a home run deep downfield, looking for T.Y. Hilton. Hilton makes the catch. He's in the 10, 5, doubles in the end zone, touchdown. Colts coming with pressure off the edge. Kenny Moore gets to Deshaun Watson. That's a sack for Kenny Moore. Kenny has a pick and now a sack in the game. Horseshoe is back, baby. The horseshoe is back. Welcome back to another episode of the Bring the Juice podcast. Uh, I'm your host, as always, Cody Fugger. Joining me back from his cruise, Mr. Derek Larger. Derek, how are you doing, man? Any tanner? Oh, man, I'm definitely more tan in the face, that's for sure. Uh, arms got a good coloration to them. Uh, man, I'm really glad to be back. You know, it's, as much as I will miss the 75 to 80 degree weather down there, uh, glad to be back here in the Midwest and glad to talk some more Colts football. Absolutely, dude. I just burn like that's like all I do. I'll, and <laughs> so I'm glad that you can tan at least a little bit. Yeah, um, I'm not and, too bad. My face is peeling a little bit. Oh, man, that's worst. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Derek, you came back, man. There's a lot that happened in the last couple of days in Colts land. And so thought we could talk on that, um, obviously, with the combine starting this week um, and, you know, with Jim Mersey having his random impromptu press conference um, mm-hmm. on Sunday. And then obviously Chris Ballard and Frank Reich speaking to the media on Monday, we could kind of recap um, more so Ballard's comments. Cause I feel like those are the most telling Ballard usually gives the best and most accurate information. And so I thought that we could kind of, we got some nuggets from Ballard's presser that I think we could talk about, um, you know, some, you know, some free agent stuff, uh, some draft stuff. There's just a lot of good stuff in here. And so mm-hmm. we could, uh, I thought that we could kind of touch on that today. And obviously the first one is the biggest news. Anthony Costanzo is coming back. Um, Chris Ballard talked about today. I believe it was like the first question he was asked about Costanzo uh, because, you know, Jim, uh, Jim Mercer was asked about that on Sunday. And he said, there's, he feels like the very, very strong indication that Costanzo was going to come back. And then Ballard confirmed it today saying that uh, the 31 year old, uh, left tackle would be back for his 10th NFL season now. Um, and and that certainly is obviously huge news for the Colts. And especially, you know, that's something that we have talked about, Derek, in the last few weeks is, uh, you know, now, you know, really that Costanzo domino was going to be a big deal. Um, and it was going to be a big, big thing. You know, if he mm-hmm. did retire, <laughs> that would really change potentially your draft strategy going forward in 2020. Yeah. Uh, but he's back for another season. Obviously, huge news for the Colts, and it should, you know, put at least give us give some Colts fans a, a sigh of relief. I know that Ballard said when he heard that he had a big smile come across his face, and uh, that's kind of the the vibe I think Colts fans should be feeling right now. With Costanzo coming back, uh, one of the yeah. better left tackles in the league, if not you know top top five left tackles in the league. Um, and, and you know, Ballard kind of commented on it and said it's a year to year thing with Costanzo. Um, obviously, you know, we know that he he had talked about last offseason how this is the best that he's felt in a long time. Um, but, you know, he is getting up there in age. He is getting up there in age. And, and so, uh, you know, Derek, I thought that this is something that I would we could kind of debate and kind of talk about. 
Um, obviously, Costanzo's coming back for another year, so you don't, you know, left tackle isn't, I wouldn't say a top five need anymore, but is it still something where, you know, if it's year to year, that could mean next year Costanzo retires? Um, do you think it's something where the Colts this year in this draft or in free agency need to address that left tackle position for the future? And where do you think they should look to find potentially that left tackle the future if this year? Um, yeah. And when you say Chris Ballard was had a smile on his face, that's no exaggeration. Frank Reich and his presser stated that he heard Chris Ballard screaming from a couple rooms down the hall in the stadium earlier that day as well. So uh, yeah, Ballard's definitely pumped uh, as Colts nation definitely should be, you know, to have a top five left tackle return for another season, possibly more is definitely a great thing to have. Uh, Ballard talked about the cohesiveness that this offensive line group has and the relationship they have in the chemistry. It, it's second to none to anyone in the, in the NFL right now. So it's really nice to know that, ba- that uh, Costanza is going to come back. Uh, obviously Costanza's working on a deal with Ballard right now, probably be a few days until we get something. Excuse me. Uh, yeah, it's kind of one of those things where, you know, you hope that Ballard's able to get him the money that he wants and sitting on that kind of cap space that he has right now. I'm not too worried about how much money Costanza is going to ask for because I'm sure Ballard will pay him. Uh, you're right. It's one of those things you mentioned how do, do the Colts need to continue to look for more left tackles, even though we know Costanza is going to be back for at least one more year. Uh, yes, it, that is definitely something you still need to consider. You can never have too much offensive line depth, especially in today's NFL. It helps to have more guys to help on that offensive line. And not necessarily this year. Now that we know that Costanzo is coming back, like you mentioned, the left tackle position is not necessarily a need anymore. Now that we know that he's going to be coming back. But it is something that, you know, a little later on in the draft you could potentially uh, look at. I mentioned on Twitter that now Ballard can focus on other needs that this team has right now versus having to worry about a left tackle, which is great because, you know, regardless of where we end up next year, I'm quite positive that Ballard won't address it this year. He'll most likely address it in next year's draft when obviously we don't know if Costanzo's coming back or not, but that would be a good time next year, whether it be with that first or second round pick to address that left tackle situation, because you know, Costanzo and any given moment will most likely want to leave. So either way, uh, I don't think Ballard's going to be too interested in looking at left tackle early in this draft. You could see something later on, but man, am I pumped to have Anthony Costanzo back. I mean, it is just a huge relief off of our shoulders to know that Anthony Costanzo, a good left tackle is coming back and it's going to help whatever quarterback we have for this next season certainly will help the cohesiveness of that offense. It will stay intact. And that is exactly what we needed. Again, regardless of whether Costanzo stays multiple years or just one year, This just helps Ballard to the point where he can focus on either getting a quarterback or wide receivers in this draft 
and then focus on left tackle next year when he knows that Costanza is on a short leash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is huge. Um, obviously, we we know ever since Chris Ballard was drafted, it seems like there's just been something after the other after the other. It's just kind of been unforeseen that he's had to basically deal with and clean up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, potentially the domino of losing your starting left tackle obviously is huge. And, and losing your – it would be losing your quarterback and your left tackle in consecutive offseason that just would be absolutely insane. Um, so this is good news for Ballard who's just had to deal with a lot. Uh, but you're right, Derek. It is huge. Uh, well, I, I wanted to pull up a quote from – from Ballard when, you know, he was, he was kind of talking about, uh, you know, when he was kind of talking about the year to year basis of Costanzo, um, he was kind of, he was kind of talking about that position moving forward. And he said, that I think that's a position you always need to look at from a developmental standpoint, because of the speed of the game, the changes in technique on that O-line. I think it's a better to anticipate that a year or two earlier and start to get some guys in the pipeline. We've been fortunate here because we've had Joe Haig and the Raven Clark, We've had some young guys that have been able to develop when they have had to step up and play. We were able to continue to play good football up front. We definitely have to keep our eye on that. So to me, Derek, that could potentially say Chris Ballard realizes that he got really, really lucky last year um, with how much that offensive line stayed healthy, relatively healthy throughout mm-hmm. the year. Um, and, and let's be real, like that doesn't normally happen in the NFL. Normally one of your starters goes out and at least misses a couple games. Um, and so to me, that kind of screams maybe mid-round offensive tackle, offensive guard, offensive lineman somewhere. Um, try to get some young guys kind of in the pipeline. You know, maybe that's not the spending, you know, the first couple rounds drafting your future left tackle. But I just think getting some young offensive linemen in there, and even if you bring back a Joe Haig, um, or even if you want to bring back Larry Evan Clark for another for a prove it year, whatever you want to do, you just got to get some young guys in there that you can continue to develop. So if one of those guys does go down, uh, you have some insurance and you have some help on that offensive line. And so I thought that that quote was really telling to me. Um, another thing that Ballard was talking about and he was asked about was Jordan Love. Uh, and Jordan Love had, you know, talked. He had, uh, it's been reported that Love has already said that he's met with the Colts. Um, and, you know, Ballard was particularly asked about, you know, Jordan loves kind of rising interceptions from 2018 to 2019. Um, and he really spoke highly of him a lot, um, Mm -hmm. and really talked about, you know, the interceptions. He compared him actually to Matt Ryan when Matt Ryan was coming out of Boston college. And he was basically saying, you got to break down each and every one of those interceptions, um, and see why did it happen? You know, cause it's not always on the quarterback. And I think that's really a good I really like that about Ballard. Um, you know, he knows that stats don't tell the entire story for a quarterback. And I think that's been kind of the biggest thing, you know, biggest knock, I guess, against love was those turnovers. Um, and, you know, I guess I'm curious, Derek, what are your thoughts on kind of what, what Ballard's rationale there is? And if the Colts were to take say Jordan love at 13, um, would you would kind of agree with his rationale? Do you think all those interceptions we're not necessarily – obviously, the quarterback's going to get the fault for it, but do you think that there's there's more than just the stats that tell the story of Jordan Love, and that's why the Colts should potentially be interested? Yeah, uh, we were right. Uh, they mentioned that Jordan Love spoke with the Colts today, and Justin Herbert also met with the Colts today, also had high praise for what the Colts are doing. 
look for that to be a development as well. But certainly the it seems as though they had a much more in-depth conversation with Jordan Love and hearing that he would love to be with the Colts is a good thing to hear. Uh, I know I said that on Twitter and a lot of people were saying how, you know, it's it, shouldn't they always say that? Yeah, they should, but some like to use the word like rather than love. There's a difference between the two words there and their definition. So hearing Jordan Love say that is definitely a good thing. And, you know, I think any quarterback coming out of this draft would love to be in this Colts system, you know, with the offensive line that they have and the ability to run the ball and some uh, experienced wide receivers, some young wide receivers, a good offensive-minded coach, a very well-ran program uh, organization amongst all those. So, you know, it's an ideal spot for any quarterback, right? And Jordan Love obviously fits that system. I'm starting to uh, get the sense that Ballard and their staff really, really like Jordan Love. Because like you mentioned, uh, Matt Ryan uh, drew the comparisons for uh, him and Jordan Love in college. Uh, Ballard, had to point it out that, you know, what did he throw? 19 interceptions in college. So you're right. You kind of have to break down every interception because you're right. It, it, these stats don't always tell a story. Uh, stats don't lie, but sometimes they can be misconstrued. You have to dissect every single one of those interceptions and see how did it happen? Uh, was it actually his fault? Did it happen to go through a guy's hands and, had to do that because remember we said that same thing about Andrew Luck a lot where you know he threw some interceptions but a lot of, but there were a bunch of them especially in his last year with the Colts where guys were just dropping the ball and it was landing in defenders hands I mean mm-hmm. you can't you can't knock that on uh the quarterback that's what I wish that football would adopt is they would not count that interception towards the quarterback but rather towards uh, the wide receiver that actually dropped it. I feel like that could be a new stat that football should adopt because it's not a quarterback's fault. When he puts it on the money, a guy drops it and somebody else gets it. Uh, and we all know that, you know, a small percentage of interceptions every year are because of that. So, you know, you're right. You have to take it with a grain of salt and dissect it and understand how it happened. And, I do like Jordan Love's response to that, stating, you know, if I didn't want to uh, talk about it, then I wouldn't have thrown them. You know, it's like it's a great response to the idea that, you know, I'm I'm manning up to these interceptions. I threw them because, you know, I'm a gunslinger. I like to go out and make plays, and sometimes I'll make mistakes. He owns up to that, and he understands it, and I'm sure that Frank Reich and whoever he has will – end up, you know, helping him to get better along the way. But it's just going to show you that he's willing to go that extra mile and take responsibility for the mistakes that he made. And he's owning up to it. And I like to hear that response. And, you know, it's certainly sounding like, you know, Colts Twitter is salivating after today because they're (laughs) just loving the Jordan love hype that everybody is spewing out. Uh, the national media also is very impressed with Jordan Love's responses to today. So uh, it was definitely a good day for Jordan Love. And I did like what I was hearing from him and from Chris Ballard dissecting him. 
Yeah, and you you look at it's kind of crazy to look at their you know the stats from 2019 from touchdown to interception stats because in 2018 I mean he had 32 touchdowns six interceptions like really really good and then 2019 20 touchdowns 17 interceptions so there's more to the story that that you know the stats aren't telling you and I think that that's something that's that's key in looking at you know situations. You know, he had to basically lost his entire like coaching staff. Like that's big for a quarterback, you know, developing in college. And so I think there's a lot of things that you have to factor in there um, that aren't being told. Um, and I think that's a big reason why, you know, if you get him into your, into your system, you get him, you know, consistent coaching. Um, and I think you just see the, you know, you see the, the talent there. Um, and, and I think that's a big thing that Ballard has been big on, especially in his drafts. And you can look back at some players who the production didn't necessarily match where they got drafted, but they were athletic. They were this, they were that. They had a blue chip trade, as Ballard always puts it. Um, and that's the reason why he drafted them there. And I mean, you saw it in with certain players that he's drafted. Some have worked out, some have not really worked out. Uh, but that's kind of how Ballard is. And so I would not be shocked at all, Derek, if, if you see that if Jordan loves their 13 and Chris Ballard takes him. Um, because there's a lot more that tell than stats that, that tell the story there. Um, but, you know, going off of that, I think this is, it can, it can also be fair. I know a lot of people like to rag on Jacoby Brissett a lot and kind of say, man, he's terrible. He's, he's not a good quarterback at all, but you know, you got to factor in some things as well. And Ballard kind of talked about this as well. Um, you know, he didn't want to place all the blame on the MCL injury that Brissett suffered in November, but you know, he also wanted to acknowledge first half of the season yeah maybe he maybe necessarily he wasn't you know playing at a top quarterback level but I mean he was playing winning football for the Colts and and they had a winning record obviously the record speaks for itself um but then you know he contributed to you know injuries among the wide receiver position and not playing with some wide receivers basically having to get wide receivers off of the street um that were playing and starting for you and uh and, you know, that's just something – and, and he also acknowledged that the Colts need more out of Brissett. But I guess if you're making the argument for Jordan Love, could you also make an argument for Jacoby Brissett? Again, I know he's 27. He's not necessarily a young quarterback anymore. Um, but there were some factors that I think need to be considered um, as well with Brissett. And, and I guess, I'm Derek, I'm curious, how much do we place on, you know, injuries versus – Brissett's just not a good quarterback or whatever you want to do there. You know, where do you stand in terms of, you know, making excuses for injury, making excuses for, you know, maybe injury for to Brissett, injury to the receiver core, injury to whatever, and then just Brissett needing to play better. Where do you kind of stand on that, on those two different things? Yeah, I mean, certainly, you know, all the injuries that we had played a gigantic role and how that last half of the season went. I mean, there's no question about it. I mean, ultimately, it's just one of those things that, you know, every team has, you know, every team has injuries throughout the year, but the Colts just had it much worse than a bunch of other teams. And, you know, it, it, it was weird hearing uh, Balor because I felt like he didn't want to contradict himself on, you know, how to perceive Jacoby Brissett because, you know, he was giving him the benefit of the doubt with, you know, him obviously being injured halfway through the year. And then all of those wide receivers being hurt certainly didn't help him at all. 
So, you know, you wanted to say that, but then, you know, he also wanted to say that, you know, it was the uh, tale of two seasons when it came to that one particular season. And certainly the uh, back half certainly didn't look good for Jacoby. So it really is a, it is really is a uh, wonder how uh, Ballard's going to look at it. I mean, we still have no idea whether or not uh, Ballard's really going to fall in love with uh, Jordan Love and pick him or not. Uh, and here's the here's the thing also with what was being stated today about Mike Mayock with the Raiders GM. Uh, it sounds as though it sounds like the Raiders are going to possibly move on from Derek Carr. And that's another team that's most likely going to want to draft a quarterback. And the good news is with the Panthers – uh, it's being reported that they're most likely going to stick it out with Cam Newton. But, you know, now you're going to have uh, the Bengals, the Dolphins, and the Chargers, the possibly the Raiders, possibly the Lions uh, that are, you know, going to think about quarterbacks. So I think even if you want to get love, Ballard might have to cough up some draft picks in order to move up because it, it there's – if we wait at 13, there's no guarantee that Jordan Love is still there. Yeah, that's definitely something that is going to need to be considered. And again, with the Lions, you just don't know. I mean, there there were reports, excuse me, <coughs> there were reports out there the Lions were interested in trading Stafford, and then they came out and said those are absolutely false. So um, the Lions could stay with Stafford, and he, they could try to draft other positions and address other positions. But you're right, Derek. That's something that the Colts are definitely going to have to consider because there are le- legitimately like four or five teams that could be interested in drafting quarterbacks ahead of you. And, you know, if you think, obviously, Joe Burrow is probably going to go number one. Then you got Tua, who could go really anywhere in the top five. And then you got Justin Herbert, who, you know, we've talked about, but he's probably going to go before you're getting there. And then you got Jordan Love. Like, and those numbers don't add up favorably for the Colts, at least right now, um, in terms of mock drafts and stuff like that, uh, for where they currently sit. So if the Colts truly believe that they, you know, if they truly fall in love with the guy, I think they're going to have to pull Kansas City Chiefs a little bit. Maybe not necessarily give up as much, but they got to go up and get their guy. And I think that's what the Colts know they have to do. Um, and, and that's just kind of how we have to do it now. We've seen teams time and time again. Heck, most of the teams, excluding a few last year that were in the playoffs, went up and drafted their guy. And I think that's what the Colts are going to have to do. If they truly do love Jordan Love or Justin Herbert or one of these quarterbacks, they're going to go up and get their guy for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, one th- Another thing that Chris Ballard really talked about um, was a free agent. Was it like free agency and, and talking about um, – you know, this is something that Ballard has not really done yet is add a big name free agent. I mean, you could talk potentially talk me into Justin Houston being considered a big name free agent. Um, you know, but one that that you see kind of on the first day of the draft where it's one of the big name guys, one of the top premier players at the position on the market. And Chris Ballard really talked about it um for the first time he he said he feels like his locker room is ready to handle a talented free agent Mm -hmm. um maybe a guy that doesn't check every single character box of the team um and obviously you know we know it takes two to tango as far as free agency goes like they the colts have to obviously be interested and the person you know the, the potential free agent has to be interested in coming to indianapolis 
Um, but that's that. I think that's telling, Derek. That, I think that tells something about kind of where the locker room stands as opposed to you know 2017 when Ballard came in and didn't really bring in any free agents and hasn't brought in you know the high high named high price free agents. Um, you know, and that's just, I think that's just interesting now looking at it as opposed to even last year when Ballard didn't really bring in one of those guys. What are your what are your takeaways kind of from Ballard's comments on free agency? This is like really weird to hear because I was I was working out and I looked at it and I saw is I had to look back through the tweet again. I was like, is this real? Like <laughs> we've never heard Chris Ballard say such a thing. You know, I mean, it, he's talked about obviously signing free agents. He's certainly not afraid to sign a few free agents, but has never mentioned the words, you know, our, our locker room is ready for a big time free agent. Like we've never mm-hmm. heard that uttered out of his mouth before so it it really does make me think that Ballard is prepared to offer a marquee guy some decent money to bring him to Indy I I think just a matter of who that is exactly you know we got a bunch of different guys that you know are potentials for that we obviously know Jadavian Clowney Chris Jones Byron Jones uh Yannick is still out there so there's a bunch of different guys out there, especially on the defensive line that we can bring in uh, as a potential free agent. And, you know, and there's some other guys too. And uh, I know that the Vikings said that they're not really interested in moving on from Stefan Diggs, but if Diggs doesn't want to stick around and Indy were to offer him a decent sized contract, then, you know, I don't, I don't see why not. Uh, but I mean, it is one of those things that I, I'm very glad to hear that. And, you know, I don't think a lot of Colts nation saw that, uh, saw that tweet, but if they did, uh, I think it's, it's certainly giving fuel to the fire for those people that have been asking for Ballard to do this now for three years. I mean, <laughs> this is, this is long overdue for a lot of people, but you know, it's nice that you actually have some cap room now that you can actually spend. So uh, mm-hmm. it's good to see Ballard talking that way and thinking that, you know, our, our locker room is complete enough now and is unified enough now that he feels confident that bringing in a, what they would call a risk guy uh, to come in and help, uh, help this team out. It's really good to hear. Yeah, and it might, I think it also speaks, Derek, to you know Chris Ballard has really, really emphasized ever since he came to Indianapolis, you've got to draft guys. You've got to build your team through the draft. And I think that kind of emphasizes where Ballard thinks his team is in terms of how good of a team he thinks he has around him, how good of a core he thinks he has around him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, that, and that should be encouraging for Colts fans as well, yeah. just uh, where the team is now as opposed to even a year ago. I think you could even you could make the argument that, yes, the team had – less wins in 2019, but overall it's a better team. It's a more talented team than it was in 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, and it must speak to, to just kind of how Ballard feels as far as his roster is going. So that's definitely something that's really, really good to hear from Ballard. And, and that's something the Colts fans should be excited about. The last thing I wanted to talk about Derek was uh, the whole idea. So he was Chris Ballard was asked about Paris Campbell, um, a guy that you know really well being an Ohio state fan, um, a guy who came in and really just, got injured, came back, got injured, came back, showed fuck, kept getting injured. And he really, you know, Chris Ballard is really high. And he said the Colts are still really, really, really high on Paris Campbell. 
um, for what he did. I mean, he only played in seven games last year, but the Colts are feeling really, really good about Paris Campbell. Uh, what are your thoughts on Campbell, you know, watching him throughout his career at Ohio State and then watching him in his first year with the Colts? Yeah, I do definitely know a lot about him, and I actually spent a decent amount of time with him on the uh, cruise, actually. He was there. Really? Yeah, he was on the cruise, and he was wow. it was his first year being on the Buckeye cruise. So, And also, for anyone that cares, uh, the this Buckeye cruise that I went on, we raised $4.25 million for cancer research on this cruise. Wow. So it was it's huge. That is a lot of money. Uh, it was for a great cause. I'm glad I was able to go. And obviously Buckeyes like Paris Campbell and a few others that are new to the Buckeye cruise. They were, they went on the cruise with us and he certainly looks happy. He certainly looks healthy to me. Certainly doesn't have too many issues. I thought it was funny when my dad and I went to an autograph session and we had him sign some stuff. My dad got a 30 by 20 picture of him on his famous a touchdown run where he smoked the entire Michigan defense and he had a picture of uh of Paris actually looking back at all the Michigan players trailing him it was it was funny to see his reaction and when I sh- when I had my picture which was his first touchdown catch uh he obviously loved that too with the Colts so he certainly looks good certainly looks happy to me uh, I love that Ballard had such high praise for him. I know that a lot of Colts Twitter is still not sold on him. And, you know, they obviously have a good reason. We don't really, we didn't see a really whole lot of him last year, but it's good to see that he's taking those extra steps to get physically and mentally ready for next season and to make sure he doesn't have as many of those injury problems, which is good to see. And, Obviously, Ballard's correct. Uh, Paris Campbell has a lot of upside, has a lot of potential. Uh, we saw it in the limited minutes. Again, we, we've seen it in the limited minutes that we saw from him last season. It When he was in, he made plays, and it's good to see. And I'm certainly excited for him, and I certainly can't wait to uh, see him uh, shine for year two and help make this team a little better than what we uh he left it as last year yeah and ballard really talked about campbell and the one thing that you have to love about him is he he works hard and he wants to be a, he wants to be the yeah. best player that he can be and yeah. ballard really talked about how he really has not left the building since the end of the season he said he's been working he's been rehabbing he's been getting his body right i think he understands uh you know how to get his body right for the grind of the nfl and derek this is something that we see with with guys coming into the league is some guys come into the league and they just, you know, they go from so many games to to 16 games, you know, maybe even longer if they make the postseason. Uh, and then, you know, you throw in the preseason too, and they play some. So they play over 20 games. Um, and that's a huge leap, especially, you know, even if you're coming from one of the better conferences, even if you're even if you're playing against the best of the best, that's a lot more football that you have to train your body for. And we see a lot of young players. Um, who come in and, and finally figure out, at, you know, going into year two and year three, how to get their body right, how to get their body ready for the grind of the NFL season. Cause it, it's brutal, especially mm-hmm. at a play at a position like wide receiver, you can't afford to be really nicked up at all because if you're nicked up at all, you really can't do much, um, especially, you know, 
if you're running all the time, your whole job is, you know, outrunning, you know, what Paris Campbell does really well, outrunning defenders. And if you're injured, if you're nicked up, you can't really do that really well. So um, it's really good to see that Paris Campbell's working on getting his body right, getting his body better, and that he understands that and that he wants to get better. So, um, yeah, that, that's really what we wanted to talk about today in this podcast. Uh, Derek, I don't know if you have anything else to say, but that, that's really what I wanted to talk about was really highlighting the Ballard press conference and kind of highlighting mm-hmm. what that means um, for the Colts as, you know, free agency starts in a couple weeks and then the draft starts in April, all coming very, very quickly, by yes. the way. Um, but is there anything, Derek, you wanted to add before we uh, hop off here? Yeah, I mean, obviously the uh, NFL Combine is this week and this weekend. Uh, I'm going to obviously be keeping an eye on it. I'm sure Cody will as well. Be sure to keep an eye out, guys, for any sleeper picks. Uh, obviously, some big names said they're not going to be there, but uh, some stuff that we still need to watch, uh, especially the quarterbacks that are going to participate. And Javon Kinlaw is another one that we got to watch on, uh, I believe it is uh, Saturday when they partake, the defensive linemen do. So, uh, excuse me. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be keeping an eye on the combine for sure. Uh, obviously, like you stated, draft is two months away. It's getting to be really, really close now. I can't wait. And my goodness, guys, it is definitely a great week to be an Indianapolis Colt. This week has definitely started off on a good note, and I'm hoping it keeps going that way. And by the way, let's keep let's make sure to keep the combine in Indianapolis. I think it's a perfect spot Absolutely, for it. Absolutely, man. I mean, obviously, honestly, I don't even know why you wouldn't want to keep it there. It's almost it's almost in the middle of the country. It's in a very nice area. It's in an indoor, very nice complex. It's been organized this way for years. I mean, and there's, I don't see any issue to take it away. I mean, it's it's a great place to have it for in this kind of setting. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, absolutely. If I have to go to my knees and beg the board to make sure that they keep it, keep it in Indianapolis, I, amongst probably thousands of others, would love to do the exact same thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that, that Jim Mercy came out and said that in his press conference. He's like, we mm-hmm. want to keep it in, in Indianapolis. And absolutely. I think it's a perfect spot. Indianapolis is great. It, I mean, they did great when they hosted the Super Bowl years ago. You know, it's just a great city and a great host city for a lot, a lot of places. And the draft yeah. should definitely stay in Indy. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that does it for this episode. Be sure to check back, guys, soon. Um, I've been doing some top lists, so... I'll have to get Derek in on the action coming up soon. Um, And for any of you who are on cruises or being warm somewhere or jealous, (laughs) um, it's supposed to snow apparently tomorrow. So that's great. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) thanks guys. As always, we really appreciate your support. Um, Excited for the combine, excited for just the off season to start to progress. We kind of were in a lull part of this part of the off season. So really excited for stuff to start picking up a little bit. And, uh, man, I can't wait for free agency. Even if the Colts don't really partake in it a lot of times, I just love it. I just mm-hmm. love seeing how much players overpay, get overpaid, yeah. you know, how much <laughs> B players get A-plus player money. It's just – it's kind of entertaining for me. So yes, I'm excited for that, man. It's coming quick, and, and I can't wait. And uh, so, yeah, I, I think that does it. So thanks, guys, and go Colts.